Hey guys, we want to welcome you to the Freedom Raleigh podcast. Um, we kicked off this podcast just a few weeks before everything happened in our nations and around the world. And um, we had a great plan that this was going to be a place where we share all of our messages and enable people to catch up if they miss anything. And then the world shut down. So we thought that we would hijack this podcast and use it for a place that we're going to have some conversations about church planting, about what we're learning, about following God in the middle of a pandemic, about all of the different aspects of our lives. And we thought that we'd be great to start off with a little bit of our journey. So this first installment on the slightly altered Freedom Raleigh podcast is just going to be Josh and I talking you through church planting, what made us come, what made us move, what the experience has been like. And for some of you guys out there, you'll be familiar with church planting because you're probably listening from a part of Freedom Church somewhere in the world, which is a church planting movement. But if you're not familiar, we thought we would kick off with just explaining what church planting is and why we do it. So church planting um, has been something that our church has been doing since 2011. We first planted a location, is that right? 2011? 2011, yeah. Yeah, we first planted a location about an hour and a bit away from our main hub location in the UK. And we, uh, we decided to take everything on the road travel down on a Sunday evening to a big city that was nearby, set up, do church somewhere else and see if we could see the same experience as we had in our home base of Hereford, UK. And it was amazing because actually as we started to take church on the road, people connected in and they didn't just um, become familiar with Freedom Church, they became family, they became people that we... Um, felt close to and felt like were brothers and sisters on the journey with us. And it was amazing to see that church planting wasn't just about replicating a meeting or repeating a message. It was actually about expanding a family in different parts of the world. And so since then, we as Freedom Church have planted into lots of different places internationally over the years. Um, it's been a mad and exciting it, journey. It's been crazy, yeah. I mean, what? how would you de define church planting? What would you say church, church planting? planting? Hello, everybody. Um, I would say it's taking the Great Commission. So for me, the um, the, the verses that in, that finish Matthew, Matthew 28, um, verses 18 to 20, Jesus gives this commission to the disciples after having three years of teaching and investment. Uh, it's like, right, you've had enough time with me. It's now out to you. And this is what he says. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations and uh and i think for me it's that idea that you've got to go you've got to move he doesn't mm. say therefore stay and make disciples it's therefore go there's this movement and i think that if you're going to answer the great commission which is what jesus commands his belief like the believers and the followers really to is their next step you've got to actually move and do something. So there's this action word right at the heart of church planting, which mm. is like, you've got to go, you've got to move. Uh, and I think there's something about the intentionality of that. Of course, we know that you can church plant on your street, on your doorstep, in your workplace. But there's something about when you're actually saying, my very purpose and reason is about church planting, building kingdom, packing the bags, going and taking action on this commission. There's something very powerful and effective about mm. that in the way that you're answering that call. And so I think it's taking that mandate that Jesus gave 
and then actioning it and through building communities mm. of people that are gathered around Jesus. Yeah, and I think that, you know, one of the things that we know is that we are citizens of heaven. Um, we are here on earth to bring heaven to earth. As Christians, that's what we believe, and we need to represent our maker, our king. Absolutely. And take his message to the ends of the earth. That's what church planting really is about, is it's about locating yourself in a new place and building the kingdom there, building the kingdom and representing God's heart there to the people that you meet, to the people that you're called to. So it's um, it's kind of an apostolic call, that call to be sent out, to go and be an ambassador or be a representative of your king in a new nation. And, and uh, it's been different in every single one of our locations. I think it's it's been a different journey in every single place that we've planted. But for us, for Josh and I, we knew that church planting was a part of the call of the church that we were in, but we didn't necessarily think it was the part of the call over yeah. our lives because we'd always been based um, in the hub and, and just kind of located where this sort of management or... Um, content production side was happening originally at the beginning of our church so we never thought that we would go and here we are in North America which has been yeah, quite a surprise. I think what one things I would say to that is that we did go back in 2005 um, we planted yeah. so we were in a part of our church in Lempster and we were really involved there and it was a small town um, under 10,000 people and uh, and we planted our church into Hereford where it became freedom and we were a part of that. We moved to the city. We started uh, life there. We've got jobs there. And there was something around church planting. Obviously, when you compare it to what we've done now, it feels like it was baby steps church planting. Mm. We moved, you know, I moved 13 miles away. You moved from a farm into the city as we got married. Big move, guys. Oh, yeah. Come on. Um, but that was church planting. And I feel like when we did that, things were obviously so different back then but it obviously prepared some things in us and put this heart in us to reach people that we've taken uh, over to this call to be here in North Carolina. Okay, so let's skip forward then. Um, church planting really is, is in the heart of every single Christian and we should all be doing what we can to take the gospel out, to go and oh, reach yeah. people and go and connect them, not just into a relationship with Jesus, which is obviously everybody's salvation step, but also into a functioning and healthy church. Um, and we had not necessarily seen ourselves um, going church planting in the model that we have been doing for the last few years. So basically our church prays, decides where the new locations are gonna be, um, the leadership team share the vision, and then people who feel called to that vision apply and have the opportunity to come and join the trip come and join the plant um and what generally happens is those are not paid positions they're not staff members in any way these are just people who have decided that this is the model in which they want to share the gospel they want to move to kenya they want to move to the netherlands they want to go and live in india and see the kingdom come in those places so it's not by any means a big production it's not a hugely resourced way of church planting we know people who 
um, have been involved in church plants that have been hundreds strong right from the beginning. Yeah. That's not really how it works in Freedom Church. Just because we're not at that stage or size, we don't have those resources. But what we do have is a lot of willing hearts. And so people feel the call from God. They feel that nudge in their spirit to go and be a part of whatever team it is that's upcoming. And then they sell what they have. Um, they make sacrifices, they make big decisions about what their life is going to look like, they move their lives, and they begin again in a new place. And I think that we didn't necessarily yeah. ever imagine that that's what we would be doing. Definitely. I, I was just going to say, Rose, that I remember when um, we first started church planting, we planted a church into Kampala, Uganda, uh, and we were looking to like get some more people that were going out to support the team. And... I remember walking up to a couple of guys in the cafe that we'd kind of talked around and just, uh, you know, our church cafe at, um, at the end of our service and tapping them on the shoulder and just being like, hey, what do you think about moving to Kampala? And this was our process. I mean, yep. this was the raw components of church planting. What, hey, what do you think about moving to Africa? You know, <laughs> having a go at that. Um, at the time, there was no interviews. There was no application to be a church planter. Yeah. You could just... If we thought maybe this could be a good idea and you fancied it and you could, you know, find a way to get out there, yeah, why not? Should go for it. Um, and it was easier to become a, a leader of our host team. Sorry, it's harder to become a leader of the host team than it was to move to be a missionary Crazy. in Africa. And I thought after a while, I was like, after that went particularly badly, I might add, um, that particular episode, I was like, yeah, I think we might need some more process in here. Um, maybe there's a little bit more to it. <laughs> it needs to be a little more, more complex the than lessons. just uh, walking up to someone. Hey, do you fancy moving to Africa? Um, so, you know, that was something that we changed after we came back uh, from that episode and just said, oh my gosh, we need to make this a much more stringent process. And we stopped shoulder tapping people and mm. asking people to go and said, these are the opportunities. Let us know if you want it. And then it was their job to convince us that that was what God was calling them to do and that yeah. they were ready for that so that they were taking personal responsibility for it rather than us taking responsibility. Because obviously when you ask someone to go, it was like, mm. well, I'm here because of you. Yeah. But when someone gets the charge and the conviction and the call themselves, how much deeper is that conviction when times are hard? Because like, you had the call. I think another thing that's grown since we've done this journey as a church is we always placed emphasis on, okay, this is not a gap year opportunity. It's not a holiday. Um, it's not like your mission trip. Oh, thanks, Nick. Thanks. Thank you so much. That is amazing. Quite strange. Nathan's just popped in to just show us a little uh, something he's made on the phone. Um, What's happening? We're just making a recording for... People telling some of the story of church planting. Nate. Thanks, Nate. Nate. Um, so we've always emphasised the fact that this isn't a holiday experience, but I think even that has become more and more clear as we've gone on this church planting journey that you are entering a significant commitment in your life where you're saying, I will lay down what I have to go and take the gospel to people who... Um, I don't even know yet and, and it's a it's a battleground and it's warfare and I think all of that has grown too as the application process has grown and as the vision has grown there have been a lot of lessons that have been learned along the way but I love the way that it just started with this kind of raw faith-filled if it worked one hour down the road then it'll work in Africa let's keep doing it and since then you know the church has become 
um, and a big part of uh, seeing the gospel spoken out and shared around the world in loads of different locations. So it it has changed and morphed. But um, for us, what did it feel like to receive that call to church plant? Well, I remember I was actually visiting um, our church in Kampala, Uganda, and it was a few months. It was in 2017. It was February 2017. And um, I remember driving uphill um, with Chris Coppock and we were surrounded by the Ugandan culture as we were going on the streets of the street cellars and the mud roads and the big holes in the ground, etc., where we were at the time. And it was, um, it was very full on. And I remember thinking about, would I do it? Would I want to give everything like Chris and his family had mm. done to give it for the mission, for the kingdom? And I was like, man, I think it'd be quite exciting. I love God. I love the Lord with all my heart. And there's something about I would love to give him that gift. It's like saying, hey God, you've got my whole life. It's not just my um, time on a Sunday or it's not just, oh, this is my this is my occupation. I get to work for the church. But actually that he's got everything. I thought that would be a great thing to do. I'd love to give him that, to mm. make that sacrifice. And so when we got the call in um, 2017, which happened just two months later, um, my response to it, generally was excitement because i was like i'm ready to do this mm. i'm ready to give it all you know we talk about it we preach about it uh it's something that's so deeply in our church culture it's something i've seen my friends um do it's something that i've helped other people on their journey towards of making those steps of you know the sacrifice i thought yeah i'm ready for that so i think my initial heart posture towards it was excitement yeah i would say that my initial heart posture towards it was excitement and then when reality hit i fought that call uh for months and months just to explain as well you know talking about the call some of you guys are going to immediately know exactly what we're talking about that sense that the holy spirit is urging you to be involved in something or he's giving you a dream that you just can't stop thinking about there's something about the desire to not just watch and pray but actually uh go and directly be a part yeah. of a certain team or a certain ministry or a way of doing things sometimes we see things going on around the world in the church and it's amazing beautiful uh but it's not for us so we support it from a distance but there are occasionally just those things that come along and you think this isn't just for me to champion this this is for me to be involved in and that's what the call to church planting or the call to anything in ministry um you know when we talk about this sense of the call that's what god is doing in us as he's saying hey this is your shoulder tap this is this is me saying i'm going to use you for this we had a number of conversations as this all was unfolding with leaders and different opportunities that came our way that were um things that we had never considered before we got the opportunity to offered to us to come and work for a church here in the States. And it was just something that we had never, ever considered. But in that, I think God was expressing this call on our lives that we probably wouldn't have had our eyes open to if it weren't for these strange conversations and opportunities that came our way without us really pursuing anything like that so it it was amazing how god was using these conversations it all happened very very quickly actually mm. and i would say within the space of maybe three or four days 
we went from leading a location in the UK um, with a deal of fruitfulness in that and, you know, finding ourselves in our right fit there and involved in things day to day and week to week that really were a joy to us and that we loved being involved in. And in the space of maybe three or four days, we went from that to feeling like life had been just turned on its head because God had delivered up this completely different opportunity that was nothing we'd ever considered, but was um, sort of exciting. So I was excited. And I also loved the Lord with all my heart, but I don't think that I had ever really seen that kind of moving life and moving family as as the way that I needed to express that. So I, um, yeah, I was I was more of the one that was maybe fighting it and hearing the call and getting excited about the call on one hand and then getting freaked out when I lay in bed that night. Like, what are we doing? What on earth is this? My kids are settled. If you don't know us, we've got four kids. And um, at the time that this all landed, we actually had three kids. So we knew that we wanted to continue to grow our family. It just seemed like crazy timing. We'll tell you a little bit about the journey that took us from Hereford, UK to North Carolina, America. And you were just saying, Josh, that in 2017, you were in Kampala and you just started to sense that God was stirring something. And it's it's a strange feeling when you can't quite put your finger on it, but you know when God's shifting things in you. So that was the February. And um, I had no stirring and shifting at that point, but God did some things quite quick for us then. Yeah, we just renovated our house, didn't we? Um, mm. A year after buying it from the Coppocks, doing it up, doing all the things that we wanted to do. We were mm. setting it up probably for the next five to 10 years. Um, and we were so pleased that it was a perfect house for us. And then um, it was two months later after coming back from Kampala that we were at the cave. Woo. So we have cave, which is our international church gathering. We all gather in the UK. All of our pastors fly back from around the world. Um, and we have this amazing, uh, some people call it a conference, but that doesn't really do it justice to be mm. fair because it's a more deep and immersive experience than that. And we never just hire in a speaker and... Um, kind of have it and it, uh, something that is just a ticketed experience but mm. it's something that is almost like deeply transformational for our whole church anyway we have that and one of the things that we do with the cave is that we have like pre-cave so we have a cave week which leads up to the event um so and that week we had uh clem with us who is a prophet who speaks into our church and that week um he's going to be giving words to a number of leaders and pastors in our mm. movement. And he uh, was meant to be giving a word to my mum and dad, who were the senior pastors of the church. And he said, just before he was about to go up, actually, I would like to get up the whole leadership team to speak over them. Yeah. So with just a minute before, we weren't meant to be receiving anything, we were up and he then spoke a 10 minute word yeah which was over the whole leadership team. And it was very encouraging. It was inspiring. It was powerful. Uh, and there was something corporate about that word that we received. But then at the end of that word, he gave one minute to each of the couples that were still up there. And there's four of us couples, the Thomases, the Coppocks, mum and dad, and then us. And he said a word for each one. Then he came to us and he said, get ready mm. to raise up some apprentices to lay everything down 
that you're currently holding. And my jaw, it felt like it hit the floor. <laughs> I was in a state of shock. I couldn't believe what was happening. And sometimes you get a word and it's like privately, someone might send you a text message and you know, I really think you should pray into this. Or sometimes you're in a prayer meeting and someone will take you aside and you know, encourage you with a scripture. And this was in front of 200 people. Um, and it was like getting fired on the spot. <laughs> it was like, you better hand on everything you've got. And the amazing thing about this word, it didn't tell you what was to come. It just said, hand everything on. And I remember finding Clem after and just saying to him, You got any more I, for us? Yeah, give me more detail. I was like, does that mean like, we'll, we'll hand over the pastoring of our campus. So we were the pastors in our church in Hereford. But I was holding the academy, which I loved doing. Um, and I didn't want to let that go. It was like the best job I'd ever had working for the church. Uh, and I didn't want to move on from that. I wanted to keep going. So I was like, hey, if I can just do that, then then great. Um, and he said, you know, that's between you and God. Um, you got to figure it out. And then within two days later, we had uh, Perry Noble arriving, who was our friend from New Spring um, Church. And he'd now... Um, He'd gone through his own kind of set of challenges, which had meant that he'd lost his uh, job from New Spring Church. Uh, but he was still coming to spend some time with us at the cave that week. And he was making plans to start a new church. Um, and so as he was there through that week, he started saying to us, why don't you and Rose come over to start a church with me in America? So this was completely independent of what happened on the Tuesday but this was happening just a few days later. And honestly, I had no interest whatsoever. And every time he mentioned it, I laughed like a madman, thinking that's the last thing that I would wanna do. Um, you know, with all due respect to Perry, it had all ended in a very difficult and controversial way um, with him being fired from his old job. And so there was something about wanting to um, stay away from that as far as possible. But then Perry kept saying it. And after the fifth time, it was actually on a Sunday morning that week. So we'd had the cave on the Saturday. And at the fifth time of saying it, I was laughing again. And he said to me, I'm not laughing. I'm serious. And that just really kind of put a shudder down my spine. Because I was thinking, oh man, maybe there's something in this. And... Um, Okay, we've got so, Cleo in the room. Cleo's just come in to say hello. Do you want to come and say hello? Say hello. Okay. So it, it, so anyway, I started to think maybe there's something hello. in this. And I remember driving away from church that day and saying to Rose, Rose, what if we were... The reason we have this word on the Tuesday is so that we can go to America. And, um, and so... We decided to start exploring this to get together. And for me, the initial excitement immediately was about what if we could raise up an army in the USA. Because our church had had an impact all over the world from little Great Britain, from little Hereford. You know, most people in the UK haven't heard of Hereford. Mm. And we were going to the far corners of the earth with this little rabble, with this little army of warriors. And I was like, what if you could raise a bigger army in the States? We had people coming over and doing our academy who were, um, who were 
who were full of faith, they were passionate, they had integrity. And it's like we would set them on fire with the teaching about the church, with the teaching about mission, with the teaching about who they were in Christ, and they would come alive with purpose. And we're like, what if instead of just raising 10, because we could only get maybe 10, 12 um, a year on the visa system that we had, what if we could raise 50, 100? And so that's where the idea and excitement around going to the States came from. It was around this thought that we'd had so much impact around the world with the small, um, almost mission that we were doing. What if we could expand what we're doing? And the word that we'd had from Clem as a whole leadership team was I'm taking you from a garden to a plantation. I'm gonna take you from a small watering system to a big watering system. And this just seemed to fit. And so we had a connection with Perry on the Monday where we talked with him um, and it was a really powerful night and it felt so significant that maybe God was calling us to go and build church with Perry and to um, and to raise up some warriors. So anyway, he ends up traveling back to the States that week and he writes up a follow email saying, I'm deadly serious about bringing you guys over here and I want you to fly over and continue to explore this as an option to be able to um, see is this is this the right thing and I remember writing an email back to him and I said that our heart is to build a freedom church over in the states so that we can raise up people in our culture raise up missionaries to send them out over the earth so maybe it looks like doing two years over helping you get you started in South Carolina and then that we would come um, and would you help us then plant a church later on being a freedom church um, so that we can establish an academy that we can raise up missionaries to go and plant churches all over the place uh, and he came back saying yes that would be great he would support us to do that so we then went on the journey of looking at exploring what it would um, what it would mean to plant church with Perry so we looked at visa processes um, and we started to get ready to plant in the USA to, to move our lives over there uh, and so we we did that for the next year. So we went on this visa process looking at what our options were as Brits moving to America. Um, it's, it's not the easiest visa process and we were faced with a few different options so we decided to go uh, the route that we were advised to go. Yeah, and we a lawyer. It was quite challenging wasn't it? It was. We um, we went on the journey for the next 12 months, really, of getting um, ourselves ready to move. So selling our home, mm. um, which sold in five days for the asking price. It was just crazy favourite and just felt like we had such mm. momentum. Um, we got more than we thought we would for the house. And we were... Um, uh, we were all ready to go. We had our flights booked and we just had this kind of standard procedure interview that we were going to go down to London for and get our paperwork about a month before we were leaving. And when we went for the interview, we were 80% certain that we were going to get it. And we ended up getting rejected from mm. that interview, which is a whole other story. Um, but we then thought, okay, I must have made some mistakes because uh, it was mostly on me. I was the one who the application name was in. I must have just messed up the interview, surely. So... <laughs> 
um, we went and tried a different route and went via Brussels because they had a shorter waiting time so we could still make our flight for it for a month's time. So we traveled, just the two of us, um, over to Brussels and, uh, and went and got an interview there as well. And within six, seven minutes, yeah. we'd been rejected um, and we were just absolutely gutted then we came back and we decided right we'll just go on a tourist visa and we'll just go for 12 weeks and just get our feet on the ground we'd already put um an offer in on a house that had been accepted so we were getting our house ready to uh to for sale over in the states um so let's just get over there and we'll come back and get paperwork sorted later on in the in the uh in the whole move so we'd said goodbye to our church we said good we took the, the kids in say have their last uh, time with their with their classmates and say goodbye to their friends at school um, and we were moving within five days and after we'd said goodbye on the Sunday morning at church that afternoon at Rose's house because we'd moved in uh, with them after selling our home uh, I looked up our tourist visa which if you've ever been to America as a European you'll know that you just fill out the form and generally you just get a, a tick back 48 hours hey your Esther has been completed and our children had been rejected. They'd been red flagged because mm. we'd had multiple visa rejections. And so there was no way that we'd be able to fly that coming week. And my heart just sank. Mm. I was absolutely gutted. And as Rose saying like earlier, you know, I had lots of ups and downs. Well, for me, I've been pretty consistent, pretty excited the whole way. Definitely had some moments of, oh my gosh, this is mad. But it was this where my world really fell apart because I mm. felt like, God, we've done everything you've asked us to do. We're doing this for you. You have allowed us to be able to sell our house and now we're in this kind of no man's land. We can't leave the country, but we've sold our house. We've taken our kids out of school. We've said goodbye to our church family um, and we're faced with the reality that we ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Um, and that was so tough. And then we went um, on the, the process through that summer of 2018 trying to work out some other ways to get into the States. And we had a miraculous thing come through where someone was going to help us with the paperwork to go on a different kind of visa. And we were going through that process where at the end of that summer, we had another call with Perry and we started talking to him about the whole thing. Uh, and he updated us on some, some stuff too. And we just felt, I don't think this is the right thing. The door's been closed yeah. again and again. And we um we just didn't feel it was the right destination for us we still felt very called to america and so did our leadership team as we talked it through with them um and freedom church but it was like well the perry destination is not the right one for us to be heading towards so we found ourselves in this situation where we had uh been living out of my parents spare room for a few months we were expecting a baby we did not have any belongings. We did not have a home. And now we didn't have a destination. Um, we felt called to go to the States, but we didn't actually have a place to go to anymore. And we talked it through with the leadership team and they really felt, as we did, that the, the really the next steps for us was to be planting a freedom location. You know, it's who we are. It's obviously Josh has completely grown up in the church and I came along and started a relationship with him when I was 16. So I've really been in this church the whole of my adult life thus far. And it's it's in our bones. The culture is in our blood. And I just felt like 
listen, what we need to do is we need to have a look at if there is a way that we can actually plant Freedom Church in the States. Um, because that's ultimately what we'd always felt called to. We'd always felt the pull of and yeah. the, the need for um, us to be involved in something like that. So it was it was a crazy situation because we got out a, a map of the States and just started praying, God, where do you want us to go? What do you have for us? We needed to start the visa process over again because it's a completely different application with a completely different outcome in mind. And that took time. We we actually moved into a rental property that um, we were able to get through Dave Thomas. Thanks so much, Dave, so that we didn't have to live in my parents' spare room anymore. Well, it was amazing because the day that we decided we weren't going yeah. to, the, to, the, to, the, um, to the States anytime soon, and you were a month away from having the baby. Yeah. With it, we found out that we could have this place from Dave within six days. So yeah. we've been living with your parents for four months. Mm. And then it was like, right, now this door is closed, all of a sudden God opens up the door for us to be able to move into this house. Yeah. Um, and it was just three minutes away from where I was working with the church. So it was just perfect for us, wasn't it? And it really yeah, it was. was like God took care of us. And God also provided an incredible opportunity that helped us with visas um, through a church planting organization that we were connected to that are passionate about seeing Brilliant. new churches rise up in the States. And uh, it was, it was really amazing. It was like all of these challenges had come and they kind of compounded into this place where we really felt like, wow, every single door that we have tried to push has been closed and there is no, there is no next step. There is no forward option to being in a place where suddenly, um, everything was open again and it was like you you can get a visa and you can um actually do the thing that's always been on your heart which is to plant freedom church in the states but it's just going to take a little bit longer than you first thought so we moved into this house in august of 2018 no is that right august of 2017 no 2018 yeah 2018 yeah September okay. 2018 we moved in in 2018 i had a baby we were back to the drawing boards a little bit on the where and the when of this church plant. And Josh decided that the, the really the thing that we have to do is get out to the States and just start walking around some streets, start exploring some places and start sensing what God was saying. Because you can do all the Google research that you want to do. But God, you know, really put on particularly on Josh's heart that... Um, we need to actually go and experience something yeah. of the States. I had just had a baby, so it was off the table for me to go. But you went out with Josh Cook. Yes, and... C-section, major surgery, mm. probably not going to be heading on a plane with a newborn. Uh, with a newborn. So, um, yeah, we knew that we would probably go on the East Coast of the USA, but it was like pin the tail on the donkey. I mean, we could go anywhere. I could tell you about so many cities up that coast yeah. that we l looked at, researched, looked at their uh, statistics and what churches were there and and it was um it was really challenging mm. but i just got drawn to raleigh north carolina and just feeling like this was the place that god was calling to there was a number of factors about it that really felt like uh it was the place god was calling us to so all of our experience really reaching uh, into the USA thus far had been through South Carolina. So mm. it felt like going to a similar area uh, that wasn't too far away would make a lot of sense because there's a lot of different cultures and peoples in the US and you can go to different parts of the States and it's completely different yeah. in terms of like the people you're reaching. So it felt like going to somewhere where we had similar experience of the people that we'd already mm. connected to was going to be helpful to us. Uh, second of all, there's some major universities here. We really feel like we've got a 
um, a gift and an anointing as a church to reach young adults. And so we felt like working with students reaching into universities would be key for us. Um, and then uh, really there was this thought as well that this city is not just a massive city where we get lost in that was really expensive to live in like we if you look at washington you need a lot more money to live there so there was almost like what's going to make sense economically to get mm. started and root ourselves in as a um as a place that's going to um not break the bank not overwhelm us because we're in such a huge place and it felt like raleigh was just a fit for all these things so it made a lot of sense it felt good when we prayed about it so I decided to book some tickets and come here with Josh Cook. And on the way over, one of the things that Josh did in in uh, the lead up to this is we didn't tell anybody where we were looking at. We decided not to uh, share the places that God had put on our heart just because so much is uncertain until you've actually got the visa in your hand and you've got the plane tickets. So that, much is we uncertain. <laughs> we did learn that. So you don't have to give all the information every time. And... Um, and, uh, you know, they went over, they spoke to a few prayers in our church, a few prophetic people who are very gifted at hearing from God and discerning the details of what God is saying. And as they were on the way over, one of the people on that group text sent a message that just confirmed everything that we'd been feeling and praying about regarding Raleigh. Do you want to say about that? Yeah, it was, um, it was a friend of ours, Claire Halewood, and uh, and she messaged and said, because um, I put out a message to these guys saying, hey, could you be praying for us? And if God reveals any faces, any places that we need to be looking out for, I'm thinking like, you know, hey, there's this bridge or hey, there's going to be this person in a suit or whatever it might be. You know, I, I don't know how like God was going to speak. But she messaged through as we were landing in Boston, which was our connecting flight to say, I just can't shake the name Raleigh. And I don't know if there's, uh, you're gonna fly through there or you're gonna meet someone from there, but all I know is there's gonna be a Freedom Church there one day soon. And I was just absolutely blown away because Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, is not a famous city in the UK. Mm. In fact, it's a, it's a make of bikes. Um, and one of the things that, um, uh, you know, we would, we would like know cities like Washington, Miami, um boston but we haven't heard of raleigh it's just not really famous enough so i was blown away that claire knew the city that we were and i and i messaged back and said god's told us that's literally we're, we're getting on a plane to go there right now i can't believe this um and she said she came back and said uh that'll teach me to trust god more she said because when god spoke to me the name raleigh i had to google it to see if it was even in the usa mm. And that was the confirmation for me then was like, oh yeah. my gosh, the Holy Spirit is with us. This isn't just a chance. This isn't just, man, we've just made this up and this just makes sense. But actually, God wants us here. And it's not now a question if we plant here mm. and if this is the right city. It's how we're going to do this yeah. rather than if we're going to do this. So. I think what was amazing is once that fell into place, lots of doors that had been shut in our first pursuit of um, of kind of moving were suddenly open to us and, you know, visas fell into place. We had an incredible team that applied to come and join us here and they're a phenomenal group of people who would like everything that we could have prayed for. And uh, we were just able to move very quickly and um, 
suddenly it was like a completely opposite experience just because of um you know this circumstance being right and god giving the green light to a lot of these things so thanks jesse you're gonna probably hear from every single one of our children on these podcasts but um yeah we we find ourselves on the other side of it all now and looking back it was a very complex journey yeah with highs and lows because it took us then what another nine months to no it was it was it was 10 months it took us then to actually move here yeah. to raleigh north carolina so um that was a whole other journey and god did a lot in that and yeah. the waiting and the waiting and the not knowing whether we'd be rejected again would mm. we have gone all through this would it be for nothing but hey that is enough of the story today i think that's uh that gives us everything we need for right now let me just ask you this then josh through all of that what kept you focused me to I, go. I think it was to to keep me focused was the original call and yeah. uh, fixing my eyes on the fact that God had said to us about this. So when mm. almost the circumstances didn't look like the um, the outcome that I'd imagined, it was trying to fix onto. We just got to keep moving. Yeah. Um, not to get stuck, even though we felt so stuck, not yeah. getting stuck in our mentality. Um, but keep trusting. I think as well, the other thing I would say is the people around us, you know, yeah. we had great leaders Council. like, you know, Dave and Saz. Um, we had, you know, friends yeah. um, that like, even my parents just speaking in encouragement, speaking yeah. in life, when times are tough, when it was feeling, days when it was low. And that that's what kept me focused, I think, and spurred on. Yeah, I agree. I think for me also it was the reality that once you've heard from God you've got two choices you either do it or you ignore it and um and it's like it's just not an option for us to ignore what it is that God is doing in us so we had to continue to press forward even when it didn't make any sense um so yeah there's a there's some of the detail for you there some of the juicy bits but really now that we're here um it's been even different again, I think, to what we imagined, and we'll share more of that in the future. But we just wanted to share a little bit of the story that's brought us here, a little bit of how this has all come about, so that we can start to, hopefully, in future episodes, just talk a little bit about church planting, about the process, about the things that we're learning, the things that we're finding out about ourselves, about people, about the beautiful thing that is the church across the world, and um, and how we fit into that. So we'll leave it there for today. Love it. Thanks for joining us, everybody.